You're listening to Unleashed by Nonstop Dogware, the podcast where you get inspirational stories and useful knowledge from dog lovers all over the world. This is your host, Jeanette. If walking a pack of dogs with no leash, no collar and no problems is your dream, you'll probably like this episode. Because when you search for free running sled dogs on YouTube, you can find a video of today's guest. He has competed in sprint and middle distance for more than 20 years. Tom Andres from Germany. Can you tell us a bit about how everything started? Uh, it started now 25 years ago with my first Siberian Husky, which was a show dog. Yeah, after school, I was uh, the opinion I need to have a dog. I need to have a friend yeah, beside myself uh, of doing many sports. So I said it could be a, yeah, a good opportunity to have a dog. And uh, of course, it has to be a Siberian Husky. You know, the, it was this time nice looking, black and white, blue eyes. Um, so I bought the first one. It was a yeah, kind of show dog, but with uh, already a nice body for running. Then I start uh, to uh, meet the first people out of the competition scene yeah, who, who uh, compete in, in the sled dog sport. And I was interested. And uh, half a year later, I had four dogs. Uh, bought the first uh, running Siberian Huskies, let's say like this, and start to compete um, in this sport. And Two years later, it was then 16 Siberian Huskies. So I was the guy who was <laughs> uh, jumping up uh, very fast with the, um, the amount of dogs, which brings also some problems because uh, you should grow inside. Uh, if, if you have, uh, yeah, especially a kind of dog like this, who is used to be not always the best behavior, uh, and uh, hard to teach them <laughs> because they have their own head and it's a strong head. But uh, I managed it uh, after a few yeah, mistakes and after a few years, but from mistakes you can just learn. What kind of challenges did you face? Yeah, one of the big challenges perhaps was um, the collecting of good dogs out of different kennels uh, that I say, okay, if you want to have a good start, you need to go to the best kennels and but you know, like it is, uh, every kennel wants to reduce the problem dogs. So I was the one who get the best fighters. This was a problem, but I think it was very good for the purse of the veterinaries because I was there many times in the first years. And But we managed to do it. Uh, and on the other side, uh, these dogs had a really strong head. This, the people who sold me the dogs can feel after the first two years when I start winning the races against them with the dogs, say sold because they had the problem with this dog. And I managed to yeah, to get this in a, in a lane that it's still working. So the secret always was to have a small kennel and less dogs, and then you can manage it. And, if, and so you have the chance to pick out of a big kennel with perhaps 40 ra race dogs. You can pick out a problem dog because you have only 10 or 12 dogs and uh, you have more time for each individual. It was possible to bring them in a, in a way where, it, where there was handlebar. This was the start. and uh, I was into the Siberian Husky scene seven years um, and then look over the border to the people on the other side, uh, which was uh, much faster than we, um, and fall in love with the Alaskans and with the hounds. And uh, to this time, I was one of the best Siberian Husky drivers. So it was easy for me to find uh, a good kennel who take nearly all the team. Um, and we, we are still friends. So after more than 20 years now, we are still friends. Um, he, he's not competing anymore, but uh, he bought my whole race team. And so I know, okay, all the team stay together. And he had quite a good success the, a few years uh, later and... It was easy for me the the step from from the Siberian Husky to the Eurohounds because I was uh, the candle was empty after a few days, let's say like this. To the time I was uh, racing the Siberian Huskies, I was also going to the yeah, championships like the German Championship, the European Championship, World Championships, and you was always proud of yourself when you win something like this. And uh, so it was the chasing after medals, let's say something like this. And uh, when I changed to the European Huskies or to the Hounds, um, my opinion also changed a little bit. 
uh, I uh, start to know people who has a complete different opinion to this and a complete different way of leading their dogs. Um, Can and you specify that? Especially, let's say, one name. It's uh, Heine Winter, who is still a hero for me and uh, is uh, still, I think, one of the best dog guy in the world. How to lead dogs and... Uh, how to think about all the race, you know, that he still say, okay, uh, winning is always super fantastic. Everybody wants to win, but there's only one guy who can win. And there are many guys behind. But if these guys behind are not existing, then also the winner is not there. He said always he loves to win, but uh, also a second place or perhaps a tenth place. Or if you have to give up a race, it's not a, a neck breaking. Uh, it's, it's still something uh, where we can live with yeah so um, in the end we cannot win anything on on one hand perhaps a sponsor or something like this but uh, this is not important in life important in life is uh, to have fun with the thing we do i always have a talk with him about this because i'm uh, very let's say yeah, I, i still like to win to be honest i um, i give a lot uh, to be uh, still in front of the in the races or, or or win races, but um, when I talked to him, he said, okay, this time you don't win, but it was fun. It was f the same fun like we had uh, on the first place, like you have now on the fifth place, and he's right. Yeah, because many people tend to forget this, even if they do any kind of dog sport, it's easy to forget why are you doing this. Yeah, and uh, always keep in mind that uh, if you have 100 competitors, there's only one on the top. So, and uh, mostly it's the three same guys for many years, as long as, as they have a superstar in dog, because uh, uh, they have the luck to get one of these really superstars, perhaps one of 1,000 dogs. The, as long as they have this dog in the, yeah, let's say in, in this small part of his age where he can bring 100% or 110%, and this is perhaps from one and a half or two and a half years to five or six years, depends on his on his weight and his, uh, let's say, his um, desire to go. And uh, as long as this is like this, will be always the same people who are in front if they are work on, on themselves also. Uh, this the people should not uh, forget that uh, we start with the sport. Nobody starts as a champion. Everybody starts because he, he, he finds a, a solution or he finds a sport uh, to, be, to come out of his uh, normal business uh, day life. You know, to, to come home from work and then, uh, okay, I take my friend, in this case, uh, in this, it's my dog, um, and go for a, for a run in the forest or go just for a walk or, or play with him. And uh, it's always important to think about this, why we start with this and uh, that we do it not for us uh, and have a machine in front. Um, always be careful of this machine because we are the guys who are responsible for them because they always want to give 100%. If we overdo it and we do not keep him back, it's easy to destroy our partner. Do you see this often, that dogs might be pushed a bit too hard? The pushing is the, is the one side. The other side is uh, yeah, perhaps also the organization who, who are um, responsible for a race or for a competition. And uh, they should uh, also be on this side of the part that, that they say, um, okay, the athletes... Everybody wants to win and we have a big competition, but we are responsible that we look for them. Like uh, a teacher is looking for children. Uh, I think this uh, is missed many times. And if you go to some competitions and see that uh, dogs coming in shaking because the weather was much too extreme for a, let's say, 5K run and instead of uh, short the distance, they say, okay, no. We don't short it because this is a competition and the dogs needs to do 5Ks. But uh, if you run perhaps as a human in 20 degrees and has to do the same distance in 35 degrees, it is a big, big difference. And uh, uh, like I always say, if, if the in an electricity circle, uh, if a fuse burn, then I can take it out and put in a new one. But if the fuse of a dog burned, uh, you have never the chance to reduce this and uh, to, to make a new fuse inside. This dog will never give 100% because out of a collapse, the dogs always learn and the organism of a dog's learn to stop more early, to not uh, reach this border anymore. And uh, we are responsible for this, that uh, 
we say, okay, this is too much or not. And it's not uh, something to be ashamed to stop a race. When you are in a race, and uh, I also did it on myself one time. I was in a race and uh, in the middle of the race, uh, okay, the dogs was not healthy, but I was thinking, okay, perhaps they can do it. And then we have one day break and, and it could be. And after 20 kilometers, I stopped the race uh, going on the side all the teams passes and I walk back uh, with the dogs, walk back to the finish line because I said, okay, and for me it's done because the dogs are not in the best health. Um, this you always have to remember. Yeah. But how do you see that now it's enough for the dog? Because this could be a bit difficult for people maybe to know when should I stop? If you have one dog like the Carnicross see now or two dogs, I think it's not very uh, difficult to see it. If you have a team... Uh, four, six, eight or 12 dogs. The important thing is this team could only be good as your... Um, yeah. As the weakest part as of the, the team. Yeah, mm. as the weakest dog of the team. And this dog you have to keep in the eyes. If this dog comes to the border, then you know, okay, we have to be careful. And if perhaps one of your best dogs starts shaking or, or get a problem or fall in under sugar or, or say was not drinking enough before the run and so they get problems with the water in the body, then you really have to think about what to do. Um, and it's always easy to take out speed or to give them a break. And uh, even in a, in a long race, you know, if you go for, like me, in a middle distance race for 45 kilometers, it's not a problem to stop for 30 seconds or one minute, give the dogs a snack, let them perhaps grab into the snow and eating some snow to get water back. Because if you lose the race in this 30 seconds, then it was from the beginning no possibility to win it. Always be smart with this because the dog you ruin in this day will not run the next day. And if you have, if you see before that the dogs perhaps are not in the best condition, uh, let them at home because you, <laughs> you win a race with the dog in the car not with the dog in the team, which is not possible to make what you have to do at this day. For the Carnicross people, I, I just can say to be careful with, the, with always this hot weather because uh, the climate is changing so much at the moment, uh, which we can see in the last 10 years in this sport, that it's getting warmer and warmer and the period... And you actually have proof of this because you have been tracking your training throughout the years with temperatures and everything. Yeah, in the beginning, it was... Um, I I really tracking the trainings with uh, temperature, humidity, uh, how long was the distance and was uh, the ground frozen or was it muddy or raining, whatever. And uh, who was the best dog and who was not so good. And um, I don't do this now because I said I'm now I'm training more out of a feeling. But in the beginning I said it's good for everybody who starts with this sport to do something like this. Because you can learn a lot out of your mistakes. And this is very, very important. And for, let's say, if I, say, if, if I see the, the trainings, uh, trackings 20 years ago, we had uh, minus degrees when I'm going in September. And now I could be very lucky if I have minus degrees uh, training in the beginning of December. So this changed really a lot. Also the snow conditions changed a lot uh, where we can see with the pause. When I start, uh, I never used booties because we nearly have always perfect snow. And But now with uh, snow is melting, then freezing again, then it's raining, then it's snowing, then it's uh, freezing again. So um, take care of the paws because the paws are the things the dogs needs for run. And so the, the use of booties and paw care cream gets more and more important, I think, in, in our bed conditions because mostly when I'm on the tracks um, they are not perfect anymore which has nothing to do that the people don't work on the tracks it is say they do always the best out of the conditions they have I interrupted you uh, a bit you started talking about the Carnicross people and what they have to be aware of the people should know that uh, it's sometimes it's better to lose a race or to stop a race or because there will be a next one next week or in two weeks uh, and say okay let's say give a shit about this this weekend i know my problem my dog has problem with the heat so it's also individual you know not every dog has a problem with this there are existing dogs which has no problem and if you see when the temperatures getting 
really complicated around, uh, let's say, 15 degrees, which I think is already much too high. Never touch a dog when it's over 10 degrees. If you see this, then uh, you look a race and say, wow, how could it be that the people who was normally 10th place are now winning? And this is especially because they have the dog, which was not pulling so much all the time, which do not give 100%, always running 90%. But because of this, they don't have problem with the heat because they, they don't pull so strong and so they don't overheat so so fast. Also, it's um, let's say you can steer it a little bit with breeding that you take dogs which has uh, less problems with hot weather. But uh, it's, it's, uh, some people say they breed the perfect dog for this, but this is not existing. You know? Every dog has problem with hot weather or <laughs> if you have... Or if they have diarrhea, then you cannot say, I have the breeding, the dog can run with diarrhea also. Perfect. So the super mushers uh, try to tell this to the people, but that's not the truth. Let's say every creature on this planet has a limit and uh, you can breed as long as you want. This limit will be not... Uh, you cannot over uh, overstep this limit. You know, it's... Uh, you have Sometimes you have uh, perhaps one individual who, who is the, the super, super, superman. But this is very, very close, you know. And the, the problem in the scene with less dogs, let's say when the number one in uh, the four-dog class uh, breeds with number two in the four-dogs class, uh, it will not come out the number one for the six-dog class or for the eight-dog class. Because the best dogs for this class was perhaps a little bit limited. So they are limited in the distance because of the hard going or of their big bodies. And uh, mostly the, the siblings or the offsprings out of this combination has a, a limit which is even closer. So um, what we see now is um, that it's going steps back. Especially we in the middle distance see that um, because the market at the moment for many dogs are existing. And we have the breeders who, who wants to fill this market and uh, earn some money. Okay, it is like this, uh, the business, but be careful of uh, yeah, buying too many dogs of uh, this self-called uh, god of breedings. Um, they breed because uh, they know they can sell the dogs. Yeah? And if I have five or six females in the kennel and breed all six females, then this is, has nothing to do with breeding. You breed your best dog to perhaps the best dog out of the kennel who is in front of you or perhaps the one who is... Uh, next to you but uh, this breeding only in the own kennel to have less uh, expense but a lot of benefit out of it because the market is is there it's, it's my opinion is is not the best and we can see that uh, if you open for example the social medias you can see puppies like like the hell much too much puppies um, and always take care where you buy your dogs and and, and what you buy to not to to breed diseases, you know, because more and more I can hear that uh, dogs starts to get problems with epilepsy or heart problems, and uh, uh, they have this um, problem, say, die in training from one step to the next because of a yeah, of a heart attack. The heart stop uh, stop working in one to the next minute, and it's a lot of times it's a breeding thing because the dogs get more and more limited, and the people don't don't look for this for this disease is say okay i have a champion he has a problem but he's a champion uh, and the disease problem doesn't matter even if he's just uh, or died with six years because of uh, epileptic problems but he made 100 superstars but from this 100 superstars 50 will have the same problem with the breeding at the moment we come in a direction which i think is not really good so what do you recommend puppy buyers to look for and to be aware of when they're searching for a new puppy? Really look for... Um, you do not always uh, have the possibility to buy from the best guys uh, because mostly the, the best breeders or the best, uh, yeah, let's say, mushers or athletes have uh, less litters. It's also a reason because they, they do not spend so many time on this or... They do not need the benefit out of a litter or, or the money out of a litter. And so if you if you buy a dog, uh, do not make a fast shoot. Yeah, It's uh, better to wait one more year and uh, buy uh, really the thing you want to have instead of say, okay, 
I wants to have a litter out of uh, a puppy out of this litter, and uh, but it was only five puppies, so I have nothing now. Though and then I go somewhere else. Uh, perhaps wait one more year or, or find another solution or share a dog with a friend. Sometimes this could be a good thing to create a team. It's it's, it's hard. It's hard to say it or to find the best to the best way for for this. But for you, when you are looking for a new dog or when you are breeding, for what's a good dog in your eyes? A good dog in my eyes. Um, for me, it's not so easy to buy a good dog. Perhaps sounds a little bit strange, but <laughs> most of the time when I buy a dog, the dog is not able to run in the team. Team has a real high standard. And um, if I want to... Let's say, let's say, replace an older dog or a dog which was uh, falling out of the team. Uh, to ninety percent, I have to breed my own dog for this because I have s- perhaps a special line or a special kind of dog, and uh, we are two to three people with the same breedings, and it's really like this that uh, dogs from outside don't fit in this uh, in this structure because the behavior of our dogs is is nearly the same. Only if the behavior is the same, you can yeah. work with the dog in the same way. If if you have 10 or 12 dogs and with 11 you can do the work you are used to and with one you have to do special work, it's mostly that this one uh, don't fit and in the end it, he will never fit. So for me it's, it's, it's quite hard. Sometimes uh, we can manage this uh, or we, we try to get the dog uh, from USA to us um, out of the best kennel, perhaps out of the stripper kennels, we try now to, uh, we bought two dogs in the last year and try how they fit in our team. But uh, with them, we also have the problem that in the first years they are normally not the best because the, all the terrain and the surroundings and the trainings and uh, the leading of the dog and of the pack is completely different from USA to us. You know, They have kennels with 200 or 300 dogs and then this is one individual and he comes then in a kennel with... 12 or 16 dogs and uh, now he has to run into the mountains and pulling like hell and there they are running with floppy lines it's two different worlds if we sell a dog overbroad uh, they have the same problem they have to teach the dog not to pull too hard and we have the opposite way we have to teach the dog now you have to pull and this can make a big difference then that that there it was a superstar and when it comes to us um, it's a normal team dog then because he never learned again to pull so hard or it makes a big difference that uh, in America or in USA he can run 60 kilometers, no problem. And when he comes on to us after 30 kilometers with pulling, he's finished. So, But this is uh, something uh, you never know before. Your team is quite a team. I've seen some videos on uh, YouTube of uh, free running sled dogs and... Uh that's your dogs. Yeah, that's my dogs. Um, we are a few people um, who teach the dogs to be like this. And perhaps it's also a kind of our success. Uh, and all this I learn from <laughs> from the master of leading, let's say, from Heine, um, how to, um, to teach a dog to be running free in a group and not uh, try to... Yeah, to bite any other dog or to hunt a deer or a rabbit or whatever. It's a hard way to bring all the pack to this point, but uh, you get a really big benefit out of it. And uh, the secret for this to, to that you can do this is to have really a small kennel. You know, if you see other kennels um, who run open class middle distance or open class sprint, they do not have 12 dogs like, like we have. Or at the moment I have only a 10 dog group which mostly is still enough to to win the races. But uh, if they have 20, 30 dogs, they never have the chance or the possibility to teach the dogs in the same way. The group has to be small because uh, you are only as strong as your uh, weakest dog. And if you have a dog who is not listening, then you have not one dog who is running away. You have five or six and stay there with the other six. So it's a kind of... uh, way of living we have with the dogs the the free running that you can go wherever you want with the dogs and also at the stakeouts we never use uh, stakeouts or something like this of course because of the rules now we put fences around the car but still that our dogs can running free and 
um, we do not have to leave the stakeout. It's really a way of living, and it's uh, it's uh, to give the the dogs free space. The, this starts very early. We start with the dogs, perhaps with eight weeks, really to teach them to listen. Perhaps with around twelve weeks to go by foot, to go very close with the line, of course, and uh, we have to say slip long lines behind them. It's not a secret, but it's one way why uh, or one reason why we have the success we have. For example, we go for around between 500 and 1,500, depends on the weather. I don't like the rain. A kilometer with the bicycle only in summer uh, with free running dogs. And uh, I think this is a, a big step in front if you can do this instead of the dogs staying in the kennel the whole summer or have just their free running yard. Because when the dogs coming out of the kennel, they run for two minutes and then they start digging a hole or eating grass or doing something like this. They never run around for two hours. Why they should do this? But if you go in front with the bicycle or you do something and they're running free, then also the temperature is not uh, a problem. Yeah, if you have water, you can do this to, to really hot temperatures. It's not a problem. If you have a lake or a, yeah, a small river where they can jump inside, then it, it's good because they don't have to pull something. So they, run, they have the free running. And this I teach them a lot. Um, some years you are better, some years it's it's a little bit worse because you have less time. And uh, like now we're working a lot. So I reduce the dogs a little bit more to still have um, yeah, a pack I can lead and, and uh, that they listen to me. What I always say, and it is like this, uh, dog learn to love you when he respects you. A dog wants to get uh, or wants to be leaded. He, he always followed the leader. And uh, in a pack of, let's say, 12 dogs, you have to be this. There will always be one of the dogs who try to get this position from you. So teach him not to get it, even if it is sometimes hard. But uh, I always say it's better to be one time really strict on a dog instead of, say, for all the life, 10 times a day, no, 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 don't do it, no. And also consistency, to be consistent all the time, not let the dog get away with uh, cheating every now and then. You have to be consistent yeah, every day. If, if you give him one day one finger and the next day he wants the second one. A, a dog is a small child who always wants to know his border and always try to come over this border, get one step more and one step more. And sometimes it is uh, like, uh, like in a, let's say, in a company. Um, you're getting blind of your own work. Um, sometimes you, you need somebody from outside to say, since what time your dog is allowed to do this? And then you think, okay, perhaps this is the problem I have at the moment that uh, it's not working like it was working before. And then you control this again and it's perfect. So you said, okay, but you never know because in small steps you unlearn things uh, on, your, on yourself. You have to have a focus on this and be really being strict. Um, it's not necessary to, what I see sometimes, to, to, to kick a dog or something like this. You know, it's, it, there's one thing which uh, need to, where you need to get really hard, and this is fightings, because if the dogs learn how to fight, and the problem is if they find many times, it's getting more and more. Yeah, in a group, the dynamic in a group can be very dangerous than for a single individual in the group. So, Because if they find out this is the, yeah, the dog with, the, uh, with less power in the group, so it could be that they really try to kill a dog in a group like this. And if you have the, the dogs free uh, when you work with them, so even if two has a bad relationship and you're playing with the ball and exactly this two was in the same time at the ball, and perhaps starts or want to start to have a fight, they should listen to you. So if I say no and I run to them, they exactly know now it's better to go apart from each other and they really go. But I take both to me and putting both on the ground because it's, uh, if I say, okay, it's okay now because they stop. Next time they stop uh, one second later, next time 10 seconds later, and then they don't stop. And then you have the problem with the other ones around to say, join the fight or do they not join it and if you do it in the way like we do it or, or like like me and the dogs are many times in groups 
not in the kennel when, when we have no eye on them then they are in, in small groups at uh, two or three dogs when you are out with the bicycle or going for a walk it's really important that the dogs are have a nice behavior to each other and then you also have no problems in the race to other teams yeah because i've also seen uh, on video on youtube uh, bicycling with a pack of dogs and you meet another dog that com- that's coming towards you barking being a bit crazy towards your dogs but they do not react it's hard to teach but uh, if if i have one dog who react on a on a small barking dog when we meet a small barking dog there's a little bit danger inside because if one react, then two or three, four reacts, and uh, this I do not want to have. So I give them a direction. I have a, it's enough if you have a grass, and I show them the direction. So they have to go on the left side of the bicycle, or they have to go on the right side, and we pass. People always thinking then it's good to pass fast because if you if you have a bad situation, it's good to be fast away. But this is uh, completely different. Going small under control. Because if you go fast, then the dogs exactly feel in this moment, ah, he's afraid of something. And your adrenaline is going up. And show them you have the control. And you can go you can go in slow because then you have more control than when you are fast. And this is the same when you go for a walk. Yeah? And it's not a problem if you, for example, if I go with the bicycle and I have a woman is coming with a small child, I leave the way. It's not necessary to meet the somebody who is perhaps afraid or afraid of the child and is not used to that there comes a pack of 12 dogs because, uh, you know, the guys who say, oh, my dog is doing nothing. So everybody is saying this, but this is 12 dogs. So, and if I'm yeah, bicycling 10 or 12 kilometers or 20 kilometers, it doesn't uh, depend if I turn around and go two kilometers more or less. Always look for your surroundings because we are the the crazy guys or the, the people are not used to this. You have to go the step uh, back if you meet a horse or everything even if if the horse riders say ah my dog uh, my horse is used to dogs say yeah perhaps to one or two but this is too many so i turn around and go or the horse riders turn around and go and and uh, always expecting that you have to go by sight because uh, you never know how they react and avoid in this in this case avoid bad situations but uh, in other ways it's uh, also, that uh, do not avoid them. S- look for situations uh, and learn the dogs how to work with this. You know, if I say, if I'm outside and uh, came to a situation which I never had before, it's hard to tell the dogs how they should react or how they should behave if this was never before. Not only avoiding everything, sometimes teach them how to do it. If you meet a challenge and the dogs fail, what do you do? <laughs> try to learn out of it perhaps yeah it's never 100 percent. you work with an animal you have to be sure that you have not a dog with you who, who has the only idea to to kill a rabbit or or the farmer's uh, chickens or something like this okay this dog has to stay at home or it's not good for your team but if one of your dogs go to another dog or something like this the most important is to react in this moment but uh, you cannot the thing is, many people then start screaming, or, or and and but for you, for the other people, then it looks more than <gasps> he has no control. He, he has to shout now on this dog because it's coming. So perhaps this dog wants to eat my dog, and then they do the total mistake and lift up their dog and pull it over the head. So wow, more interested in this. So Every by s- by screaming and freaking out, you yes. you create a chain reaction that will not en- end good. No, mostly not. Try to keep the control and even if this dog is going, pass with the other dog and uh, then call him. But then show him this is not allowed. Sometimes it helps if, if this dog is perhaps not allowed to join the pack anymore. You was the one who go. And this I keep up to the whole, to the whole uh, distance we go. And he is not allowed to come closer than 50 meter or 100 meter. And the next day he will not do it because for him this is a really hard situation because he wants to come back keep his mistake keep it high and if i see um, perhaps in races that uh, if dogs passing if teams passing that other dogs biting into the teams uh, for me this is uh, a really not understandable why why these people don't stop and don't uh, uh, correct their dog 
because they say, yeah, but how can I teach this at home? Sagi, you do not have to teach this at home because how? Because you are always training alone. But if you do it in a race, then stop. Yeah, but it is a race, Sagi. Of course, this time it's a race. But if you cannot s- control your team, then then use this for controlling your team and use it then for teaching your dog. Because if I pass you and your dog biting into my leader, it could be that my dog is so afraid that he never pass a team again. And this has nothing to do with a strong head because, you know, this passing in high speed uh, and then a, a bite can be really bad wounds. You know, the teeth is coming and just make a normally a small hole, but then it hangs in and makes a 20 centimeter scratch. We, we often see this. And uh, this is one kind of, of, uh, of the behavior. And um, you as a musher or as a dog owner are responsible for this. Even if it is in a race, stop, control your dog and, and correct your dog. Then we are back to consistency again. Yes, you know, there was many, many discussions of uh, must start in the four dog class or in the sprint classes or that it's so bad that the dog's biting, blah, blah, blah. If you see uh, our big competitions like uh, Norway Trail or Alpen Trail, we have 40 teams with eight dogs in the team and have must starts and we don't have this problem. It's not existing. So... Why there it's working and with four dogs it's not working. Or with only one dog it's not working. Because then you have the carny crosses and say start and one of the carny cross dogs bite into the calf of one of the runners. This is not possible. And to say, yeah, because he wants to run. Say no, because you have no control. And uh, these are small steps and I think very easy to control. Even if you lose a race, then you lose it. You know, It's better to lose the race but not have this problem anymore for the next years. Then you win in the long run. Yeah. it's uh, in, in, And this is much more important to win in the long run uh, in, instead of winning this race because how how nice could it be to stand on the podium and say, I win the race, but I destroy one complete team from somebody else because uh, his dog will perhaps never pass. Reactions like this we see many times and we cannot uh, understand why the people don't correct the dogs when they have the chance to do it. And the chance you, you have only in a, perhaps in a training camp where many people are. Mm-hmm. And if you know, okay, I have a dog which has this problem, uh, do not, if you have perhaps a head on passing and it's very close, very narrow, and you know one of my dogs could bite there, then stop, exactly stand to this dog, let the other one pass, and if, dog, if this dogs just look over it, correct him. This is the way it, it, it should be because uh, the, um, the problems we have with, this, uh, uh, with the dogs who are, has this bad behavior to bite others, even humans in races, yeah, or bicyclers, I saw many things like this. This is not good. And we, uh, we are in the focus of media and, and we want to be more in the focus of media and wants to have uh, television and sponsors and everything. And then it's not good if somebody is coming in and have a... Uh, open calf or, or another dog gets bite really hard because the emotions are cooking and mostly they explode when they're crossing the finish line. There are the most people watching and this is not good for us at all. Yeah, or you have the videos that uh, in a must start, two teams start fight with each other. So try to get this under control and if you don't have this control, it's better you have less dogs. Then you have perhaps more time to control your dogs and um, yeah, I think this is uh, a big secret is never have more dogs that you are possible to control. This is a really uh, a big thing and people are overdoing themselves. It's uh, um, Some people have uh, the potential to lead 20 dogs or perhaps more and have enough help or have enough time and others thinking they have, but uh, in real life, uh, just one dog is enough. It is like this, but uh, this... I do not know, I'd, or, or, or I don't think I will change this. <laughs> <laughs> you can just, you can just show up that, uh, that or, or tell the people that they start to learn out of the situations and perhaps thinking about, okay, perhaps now I make the mistake and not the others, because it's always easy to say, yeah, but it was his dog who was showing to my dog and looking to my dog, and my dog was afraid, and then he bites. This is stupid. Yeah. Nice to have some excuses. Yes, nice to have some excuses. And you know the the leading of dogs or the how to teach dogs is a book with many many rules. 
but uh, with more uh, exceptions. You never find uh, a book where stands, okay, here are 100 rules. If you follow this 100 rules, you have the perfect team. No, there are perhaps 30 rules, which is not working on your dog. This will never end. You And you never end learning. I do it 25 years now, and uh, I learn every year to do something better or to see, hmm, I was thinking in the last 10 years what I was doing is super perfect, and now I learn this was not. Even if uh, I succeed, but could be better. Never stop learning. This is something which I can tell everybody. Even if you think you are the best, you aren't. There will be somebody who will be better. <laughs> Even, and it's not only the winning, uh, who will be better perhaps in, in walking around. I, when, when I learned this to, to walk around with the dogs, I saw one, one girl, she had, uh, I think, six Siberian Huskies where everybody say it's not possible to have some free running. And she was walking through the stakeout and I said, huh? this could not be. The dogs was just looking at her and was so nice and I said, okay, that's crazy. How to do this and how to learn this to my dogs. And then I'm looking for the people who can do this and start to learn. And it's a never-ending story. But where do you find your inspiration today? Do you actively seek inspiration from other people or does it just come by accident, so to speak? After 25 years, it's um, hard to be inspired all the time. Uh, sometimes uh, also you lose it, you lose the, the inspiration. Sometimes you say, okay, perhaps it's it's enough now and uh, stop competing or or if uh, should I should I keep on running with dogs? It um, it was not the first time that I was thinking, okay, I s- I stop now with the competing sport and uh, I have the last dogs now and when they are too old so we stop completely I think you you reach this point many times in your life you know? if, if perhaps job is changing or um, from one day to the next you have problems with a neighbor who, who was living there 20 years and say your dogs are barking as you have said bark since 20 years so um, it's hard it's hard to keep on running but always think about why you are doing it what comes out for you, you know, it's it's not only the races, it's it's the whole year work on a dog, and which is uh, really exciting to, to, to do and uh, to see. It's it's like uh, growing up children. Um, it's every day something new. If you think the same for dogs, then uh, it keeps on running. But if you say, I saw everything and I, uh, I did everything, then perhaps look for something new. Always think about your work as a life creature, you know. It's not a snowboard. You can say, ah, the winter is gone. I stayed in the corner and pick it up next year. Um, so you have to do it every day. Uh, and this is something you have to, I think, to remember. Always try to give uh, the best to your dog. And if you say, okay, my job changed. And I did not have enough money to, to buy the best food or what I feed the last 10 years, then it's better to reduce the team. To, to give the same offer to, I, I give before to my dogs, but I do not have perhaps 500 euros now to spend every month for food and for uh, equipment I need. I have only 300. Okay, then don't drive an uh, eight-dog team, reduce to six dogs. Or looking for a partner, making a duo, which is uh, very popular now with the people I'm working together. Oh, we know many years they're getting older, we're getting older. And we say, okay, there is also a life between the dog life. Perhaps it's good to making teams and uh, sharing a kennel. And this uh, getting more and more popular. But uh, you need to have the same way of living and the same, uh, uh, let's say, I cannot work with somebody where the dogs are only on, <laughs> on the stakeout or who has no idea how to, to teach dogs free running and... Um, to keep this up, it has to. You need to have the same experience and the same way of living, and then uh, it is a very good thing then to to share a team. Yeah, it sounds like you're talking about how to build a dog team, but obviously it's the same for people. You have to be on the same level. Yeah, it's it's exactly the same. Is it hard to find the right partner? Yes, I think so. It's not it's not so easy, but uh, you have to try, and if it's not fit then uh, quit. Um, uh, don't try it too long. It's better to say uh, goodbye and uh, still be friends instead of uh, trying it so long that uh, yeah, building a problem out of it and you never look to each other. This is the way how it runs. If you have a business, if you have a job and uh, you have to work with somebody, it is really not working together, 
then uh, talk before it ex explodes. It's like a relationship. A relationship is work for all your life. It's not everything is coming from its own. If you had to do a major change and start with a different dog sport, what would it be? With another dog sport. I will not do the frisbee sport or something like this. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's nice, but uh, um, yeah, it's hard. I do not know if I would change. Um, every sport you do with a dog is, is something good. Yeah, A dog wants to move a dog do not wants to lay on the sofa and it doesn't matter which size the dog has you know the smallest dog also like to run he, they have uh, four feet from the nature so let them run like i say it doesn't depend on this uh, just look for your dog should not be too fat or not be too skinny and then your dog is happy yeah if it can runs around if it is a chihuahua or if it is a, a bird dog if it is a pure forster or something like this They like to to run and they like to bark and uh, it's 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 their life it's um, their way of life and I think we have we have so many sports but uh, I have even not think about what to do if I stop with uh, sled dog sport uh, what I can do else so it was a good question I don't know <laughs> as long as you're doing something with dogs you're happy yeah perhaps there's also other things you can do it, it, it's do not have i think i don't know if it has to be a dog but after living together with dogs 25 years and i was growing up as a small child with two shepherds from uh, from uh, my uh, grandfather was, uh, his brother they have two shepherds and i gr was growing up with them so i i'm used to dogs since uh, yeah the beginning of my life we are a little bit addicted to this yeah and to be outside and, and to do something. Sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's hard work, especially for me. I don't like rain. <laughs> so you, you dislike it that much? <laughs> yeah, I dislike it. <laughs> you mentioned it, it like several times now. I, I, yeah, I dislike it really. You should be glad you're not living in Norway then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I always try to, to do the best for my dogs, not the best for me, yeah, to do the best for the dogs. Yeah feeding the best uh, or try to feed the best. Uh, everybody has a different opinion, yeah, of course. Uh, the one who is barfing uh, has a complete different opinion to the guys who's feeding dry food. So, But there are many ways of living So, and there are many ways to success or uh, to get a healthy dog. So uh, not everything is the devil beside. And I think this is, this is really important and uh, I try to follow this up. And uh, now we have a small child She uh, soon turned to two years of age and we already can see that uh, there will be somebody behind me who will love the dogs also. Um, also my girlfriend, she is, is in the dog sport, so I think our daughter will be, will be the same. She has uh, nearly no chance and uh, she loves the puppies and she loves the dogs and already uh, don't know my real name, but name the, the dog's name. She know I'm daddy, but... Uh, <laughs> But you know uh, who is Trixie and who is Mars and uh, this she can already say. And so you see and, uh, and she running out of the door and running to the kennel and go to the dogs. So, Do you think it's important for your child to, to love animals the way you did? What, uh, I think what did it mean to you? It's really important for any child um, to grow up with, uh, with animals. Uh, so I, I cannot imagine how how it is to, to grow up in really big cities without any animals. You know, we're living outside the city, so we have cows, we have cats, uh, birds, uh, and uh, yeah. And she, she, she likes everything. And if you see the eyes of, of a child uh, working with an animal or touching an animal or uh, even giving an animal a kiss, this is it's crazy. Uh, I think the way we live and our way of living, especially... In in the company I work or in nonstop, it's uh, there you can see how much it brings into your life to have uh, to have not only a human partner, also to have um, yeah an animal partner. It it has to be always a dog. I think children should uh, grow up uh, with to get used to animals, and you also you can teach them a lot how to respect the nature and how should I. Uh, you know, when you go to big cities and ask uh, where's the milk coming from, then they say out of the tetrapak. They even don't know it. 
you know, because they they have no idea of it and no interest. In it. This is something I don't think it's a, a good way. But uh, yeah, there are always two worlds. Uh, it's for me, it's important that children growing up with dogs, but also be careful there. Children are small and uh, it's still animals, so always take an eye on it and never say, yeah, she know how to 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 do the dogs and my dogs never will do something. It's the same, you know, cows are always nice, but uh, what is when your child is in the middle of a field with 10 cows? So always take an eye on your children when they're working with animals uh, and teach them how how nice a, a life with animals can be. Yeah. And not being afraid, oh, an animal is a dirty thing, or oh, this animal has hairs, and perhaps I get a bad disease or uh, a, a allergy, allergy uh, yeah, yeah, allergy or something like this. Yeah, how it comes from because they never, never get used to, let's say, let never get used to dirt or to the to the animal fat uh, a hair coat has. It is like this. So then the the allergies started or the diseases started. This is something of our environment, I said. Uh, the air pollution and everything getting so much worse that I think the allergies also, it's uh, the whole production of our food and yeah, everything is uh, fast and uh, has to be finished. And uh, I think there are so many families or people even don't cook anymore. Um, they have a microwave or something like this and... There's also the difference between the, the, the people who, ha- who has animals and to, who don't have, you know, who has the fast life. Everything has to go fast, fast, fast. And uh, business and business and career and, yeah, and our life. On the other side, uh, who are out in the nature, go for a run. Uh, so I'm not a runner, but uh, many people go for a run and working different parts of the life. That's a nice way to uh, end it. Thank you so much for uh, coming. You're welcome. You've been listening to Unleashed by Nonstop Dogware. If you have questions, feedback, or ideas for guests or topics to cover, please email us at unleashed at nonstopdogware.com. You can also follow Unleashed Pod on Instagram or visit nonstopdogware.com for more content. Remember to subscribe for more episodes.